The Reverend Martin Hurdle trudged across the fields with a heavy heart. His thoughts were on the nearby village that had suffered the great disaster, the peaceful little village that had virtually been demolished by the freak earthquake. It had been the main story in the newspapers all that week. The great shock was that it had happened in England, not some far-off, remote country that people had scarcely heard of. This was on their own doorstep. The British people could relate to it, not viewing it distantly through the news media and the press, thereby finding true sympathy hard to arouse. This had happened to their own kind. For the people of his village, they were neighbours, relatives. For the people in the rest of Britain, they were countrymen. This would be the basis of his sermon today, that through this tragic event they could now perhaps truly understand and feel compassion for the plight of other nations all over the world who suffered misfortune as a normal part of their lives. People were concerned too much with their own mundane day-to-day -day problems, money worries, job worries, affair of the heart worries, disputes with family, with neighbours, with life itself, all petty, insulated, but only shown to be so when some major disaster happened. This tragic event would force people to look outward, to see what was happening in the world around them, to realize just how insignificant their selfish, introverted problems were. If only he could use this distressing event to show his congregation just how big life was, that the world did not revolve around individuals, but around the great mass of humanity itself. This was the very reason that one had to help everybody, help them to exist, to survive, and that the catastrophe had happened to their village proved it could strike anywhere at any time. No one, no community, no nation was immune. The words ran vigorously through his mind. He knew just how he would tell his congregation that Sunday morning, just when his voice would soften almost to a whisper to allow him to build up to a loud, heart-stirring climax. After thirty years as a clergyman, he now knew the subtle inflections his voice could use, and the times he had to boom out to reach his parishioners. At fifty-two, he had not yet quite despaired of human nature. There was good in the worst people, just as there was hypocrisy in the most devout. But sometimes... He shrugged his shoulders helplessly. He usually enjoyed his early Sunday morning walk across the fields, his pace brisk, his mind running through the sermon he would deliver that day. But he supposed the tragedy of the eruption still bore heavily on him. Having heard the news, he'd driven to the village to try to help, to administer the last rites to the dying, to comfort the injured. The last war had been the only experience he'd had of death and injury in these proportions, and he had believed he'd got over the horror of it. But old memories had been resurrected, Scars he'd thought healed were opened freshly. He looked up from the ground abruptly, realizing he'd walked into a mist. Early morning mists were familiar to him, but this seemed different. It had a yellowish tinge to it, and was thick, suddenly very thick as it swept over him. Strange smell, too. Goodness, he thought, better retrace my steps and get clear of this. Wouldn't want to get lost and be late for service. He walked back in the direction he'd come, for some reason becoming nervous 
as his steps didn't bring him clear of the dense mist. No, this wasn't a mist, he thought. It was fog. How strange to run into fog on a summer morning as brilliant as it had been when he'd set out. This was as bad as some of the old London pea-soupers. He looked skyward and could just make out the faint haze of the sun. He wondered now if he were walking in the right direction. Goodness, he muttered aloud, I'm lost. What was that? His heart pounded as a dark, nebulous shape approached him. It was large, not as tall as him, but bulky and silent. It seemed to drift towards him, suspended in mid-air, its size increasing as it drew nearer. Then, oh God, another, another joined it, seeming to dissolve into it, becoming one huge...